Welcome to Ashley on CBD, your one-stop podcast where we drop the truth on all things CBD and maybe some pop culture too. Stick around as we delve deep into the practical health benefits of CBD for you. Hello and welcome to the show. I'm very excited uh, about today's show. It's going to be part one of a multi-segment series with Guy Steven Needler, who is the author of uh, The Origin Speaks, the uh, direct dialogue with the ultimate creator. Um, Now, I want everybody to have an open mind with this conversation. Um, Really, it's it's something that I think can help everyone, uh, regardless of of your beliefs. Um, You know, it's a a positive message and uh, it's an amazing uh, amazing book uh, is something I came across in my studies around meditation and self-improvement. Um, came across this book, picked it up, started reading it and was just couldn't put it down. Um, then w- reached out to Guy Needler and uh, he responded, which I'm very thankful for. And uh, here we are today with part one of uh, a multi-part segment uh, with Guy Stephen Needler. I hope you enjoy it and um, have a great day. Thank you. Hello, everyone. Today's show is always brought to you by Magic Immuna Tea. This is a great tasting new mushroom tea that I've been drinking for immune support, as well as it helps me have strong lungs, a healthy heart, and a good gut. Um, it's also a, a neural optimizer for your brain, which keeps me calm, gives me focused energy, no jitters. Uh, there's no caffeine in this beverage. Um, it's, instead, it's packed with life, as they say. Um, it contains four medicinal mushrooms, uh, reishi, lion's mane, chaga, and cordyceps, as well as 12 other organic and natural adaptogens, including cacao um, and ginger and turmeric. Um, give it a try. Magic Immunity. You can get it at packedwithlife.com. Uh, I'm drinking some right now on ice. Uh, tastes great. You can feel the health right now. Get you some today at packedwithlife.com. Hi there, Ashley. Can you hear me? Hello, Mr. Needler. How are you, sir? I'm good. Thank you. Great to meet you. you, Yeah, I'm so excited to talk to you. I've uh, been mesmerized by uh, The Origin Speaks over the last month. Um, Oh, wow. (laughs) I just discovered it and haven't been able to put it down. I've got five pages of notes. Um, I'm, I'm so honored to talk to you. So thank you for agreeing to be on the show. It's a pleasure to be on your show. Don't worry. It's, it's, always, it's always great to be part of other people's <clears throat> way of broadcasting the, the truth in whatever particular version that ends up being. It's, which is, so it's, it's great to be able to do so. Thank you. Yeah, well, I'm, uh, and thank you for, for honoring me that way. I mean, it's, it's, it's really what I'm, I'm trying to do here. You know, we, um, I got involved in the, uh, the cannabis space uh, several years ago. I had an accident. Um, which led to devastating injuries that then cannabis seemed to really uh, positively impact and help me. Um, through that journey, I've, I've met a lot of people who have, uh, you know, became, you know, cannabis was a catalyst toward, um, toward improvement, right. And toward uh, opening up to meditation or other types of um, ways to, to really heal. And, um, and I'm one of those, right? So I, I just have, my life has changed completely um, for the positive. I, I, you know, I operate probably uh, on the other side of the coin for a lot of my old friends versus the way I am now. Um, but uh, it's, it's been an amazing journey. And when I read your book, I, I just in, immediately, <clears throat> excuse me, immediately felt drawn to, uh, 
to reach out and try to share this with other people. You know, I think, um, well, thank you. you. <clears throat> well, just, 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 just for your own sort of um, assistance, really, the, the books that I've written uh, are channel books. So it's, it's, it's me being a middleman, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And uh, the information is actually progressive. So, so diving, if you dive in straight to the origin speaks and you understand it, brilliant. <laughs> but usually um, people need to go from the history of God to the beyond the source one, then two, then avoiding karmas on its own. Um, then you have obviously the origin speaks and the and dialogues is on its own. Uh, and then you have the curators and the new one that's come out about healing. But I'm doing another one, which is called the, they call the Om now, which is also going into some deep stuff. So I, hope, yeah, I was hoping to finish that this year, but then I don't think it will be finished this year. <laughs> well, I, I kind of gathered from, from what I've read of your work, it just, you know, it comes to you when it comes to you and you're, you're kind of on or, or not. Right. And um, that's part of the, probably, yeah, the fascination. I think it's that's probably the same with most people who are channeling information. It comes when it comes, it comes, and that's it. You, you, you get it or you don't. <laughs> well, I'm definitely going to go and explore the rest of your catalog. I, I don't know how. I can't remember how I came in contact with the Origin Speaks, but whatever I snippet I read about it, it just it spoke to me, and I immediately ordered it, and I just dove in right from there. Um, right. But I'm I'm definitely intrigued to to learn more about um, your messages. Well, it's on Amazon, it's on Kindles, on uh, Barnes and Noble's website, it's on all the ebook platforms, if I can remember. And um, also, you can get it direct from the publisher as well. I don't awesome. know if that's cheaper. I don't know, that's probably cheaper to go to Amazon, to be honest. But, uh, yeah. yeah, most things are, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, of course, clearly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, pa- the power of supermarket level buying. <laughs> yeah, unbelievable. That's, that's, a, that's a topic yeah. for another day, I guess. <laughs> Yeah. So what, you know, just diving into this, what can you tell me about your life? Uh, what in becoming aware that you had this special gift, like what, what were the signs? When did it, did it become clear? Just, just share with us what some background in that regard. Well, really, I've, I mean, I've always been interested in metaphysical things and I can even remember being like four or five and you know, saying to my mother, you know, um, <clears throat> I can see the wind going across up between the two houses that we lived in, we lived in quite a small area. Um, and the wind, I saw the wind go up the wall and across the roof and around the chimney. And she sort of yelled down, yeah. So I was in, in my bedroom at the time. And she sort of yelled to me saying, don't be so stupid, nobody can see the wind. It's quite clear that you could, I could see the wind, you know. Because <laughs> it, it appeared to, a little bit like smoke, but it's that, that's sort of, or should I say the, 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 the haze that you would expect uh, sort of heat to be basically, but it was, it was actually wind. So huh. it's quite, it's quite, it's quite interesting when I saw that. And um, I, I sort of continued from there onwards. I, I was seeing things that other people weren't seeing. Um, plenty of sort of you know astral travelling at night time in you know during my sort of sleeping time. And um, I continued to read things and practice things like astral travelling. Um, tried by location, I was about 13 or 14, and and then went into reading stuff that I was given by people who'd read things like, like for instance, Lobsang Ramper. I mean, that was a, I read the first books of Lobsang Ramper, which devoured them, and it felt so, so real and so natural. And then one of the books was called You Forever, and um, 
he this guy was a uh, a Tibetan monk who it actually his body had actually died, but his soul moved walked into another body, which is a plumber <laughs> in the states, and so basically this guy had moved into his body, and um, started to write books about his his time as a as a monk as a as a, as a lama. And this one book called You Forever was basically was supposed to be a correspondence course, but then it then it stopped and he, he, he thought that idea wasn't going to work very well. So he created a book out of it and he taught things like psychometry, uh, which is touching things and you know getting the information from them, uh, telekinesis, meditation, um, <clears throat> astral traveling, and a whole bunch of other bits and pieces. And I, as a result of that, I. I read that book and I, I worked on the meditation side. A few years down the line, I was meditating in the morning and uh, I received a, a very strange sort of response because I was suddenly found myself, I wouldn't say surrounded, but confronted by four individuals who were um, in white, white robes. They didn't speak to me as such, but they... They sort of portrayed an image and a, and a sort of state of feeling or, or, or um, communication that was holistic. That's the best way I can describe it now. Mm-hmm. And so what they did is they, they told me that what I was doing was right, what I was researching into was right, but it wasn't the right time. And so from that day onwards, I basically stopped becoming, yeah, being as, as much metaphysical as I was then. And became the average person. <laughs> well, we're all average people, aren't we? <laughs> and mm-hmm. you know, and, and I became you know the typical person, really, which was basically um, you know seeking promotion at work. You know, looking to try and find the best house we could do with my my, my lovely wife, who I ended up getting married to. And um, we just went down the whole sort of immersed in my incarnation route. And then a friend. Who was on a course? Was on an MBA course, and they basically wanted wanted to know if I was fit. So I knew I was, I was into into metaphysical things, but sort of at a distance. Was I interested in doing a a Reiki share? And I, and I said, not really. <laughs> not really interested in it at all. Uh, but anyway, over a period of six or seven months, I was pestered, <laughs> and and I eventually went. And um, a year later, I ended up being a Reiki master. Um that Reiki master was a friend was, was 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 also a friend of somebody else I knew who's also into metaphysics and was also on this master's degree course. Mm-hmm. And um he also had a, he had another friend who was a Reiki master. And and at the time we were going backwards and forwards to see this this chap in Sweden because he was a friend who used to work um where I used to work. And um we'd stay with him and, and he was in a place called Trollhattan, which is outside of Gothenburg, but Nice, lovely little sleepy village. Uh, if they have a traffic jam, there's six cars. <laughs> you know, that's, that's <laughs> that sort of thing. And, and 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 his Reiki master said that you've got to go on a certain walk in a certain location because there's something important going to happen for Guy. And basically, what happened is we went on this walk through the through a um, a steam train museum down th- through some woods to a, a pathway that, that sort of followed this, this river up towards back towards Trollhattan. And uh, as we walked down there, I just, everything started to tingle basically. And I felt a real strong need to sit down and meditate on a particular rock, just just, just happened to be isolated by the, by the river because it was you know, like a little island. 
So Anne and my friend, they said, oh, well, we'll walk up to the suspension bridge, which is basically a pedestrian suspension bridge, and we'll wait for you there. Anyway, I ended up going to a, such a deep meditation that they, they ended up coming back. But before they came back, um, they said that they noticed a presence above me. There was something going on and, mm -hmm. and that they felt I was being rewired. Well, what was happening, I was, I was having a massive download and, and, I, and I couldn't speak two words, two or three words together afterwards. But as I saw that, as it all finished and it settled down, <clears throat> they, um, they came back and I, I looked around and, I could, and it was just a completely windless day. There was no mm -hmm. wind at all. But the, but the trees across the river were doing that. You know, like the sort of the sort of thing you expect from the downwash of a helicopter's propellers. Mm -hmm. And um, again, the water around it was really, really choppy. And as I sort of focused, I started to see these sort of almost like biomechanical vehicles hanging around there. A mixture of a like a cone and a, an octopus, you want to call that, or a squid. And I was looking hard and it became more and more visible. And then I had this huge voice booming in my head saying, don't, don't strain it, you'll undo what we've just done. You need to relax and let things calm down and you'll start to see in about five years' time what, what this is all about. So, so I stopped and then they just disappeared in the background and all this wind just suddenly stopped as well. Um, we came back and we, we, all, we all wrote up what we experienced, which is quite good because it ended up being part of the history of God later. As this, after this, I, was, I ended up going on to, or I was invited to go on to a, a healing course that was run by a, um, a lady who took over from a healer I was using um, in a place called King's Heath in Birmingham. So I was getting stressed out about a maths, maths exam. I was doing another master's degree in, in, in um, colour imaging and digital imaging and colour science. And it, yeah, the maths was, was appalling. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I was getting quite stressed out with it. So I was having this homeopathic treatment. And some energy healing. And this guy said, I'm, I'm actually moving, but this other lady's going to come along and, and take over from me. Within two or three weeks, he said, I'm, I'm going to do a course. I'm going to teach people exactly how I was always taught by a lady called Barbara Brennan. Now, you may know Barbara Brennan. She's, she's about 81, 82 now, but she was one of the, um, the leading individuals to introduce a scientific way of understanding energy healing in, in, in not just the States, but the world. And she was part of a trio of people. There was Eva and John Piriakos, who were, look, he was basically a medical, uh, you know, a, a doctor. And he created a function uh, of using filters where he could see the human aura properly. And later he didn't need those filters. His wife used to channel what I call source. And then there's other people, Donovan and, uh, Susan and Donovan Tsenga, they created a way of cleansing oneself so that you didn't pass on your stuff to your, you know, your patients. So, it was, so all of this was incorporated into this course. And um, so I went on this course, I did a, a weekend sort of try it out course and then signed up for a whole four years, which was a really hard, it was the hardest four years I've, I've ever done because you had to sort yourself out psychologically, you had to sort yourself out spiritually and then to sort out um, the understanding of the techniques and, and, and work with other people on this as well. And the homework was a, a horrendous lots of it and um we had to do lots of i mean lots of uh, writing associated with it as well so it was more work than my any any of my master's degrees to be honest. So it, was, it was incredible but while we were doing it um we were supposed to be 
going through a process of opening our chakras to be able to um, elevate our frequencies to, to the levels of those chakras and, and heal things like the energy, the energy systems that those chakras were associated with and the chakras themselves. But um, some of the students, and we, we used to share this, we used to sort of share each other. Yeah, we, we, you know, one person would be the would be the healer, another person would be, would be the patient. But some of the ladies were saying that they were getting freaked out by what they were observing or, or perceiving when I was healing them, and um, <laughs> quite stressed out with it. And the and the, this this lady, the instructor, a lady called Helen Stott, said, uh, "You're going too high." I said, what do you mean going too high? There's only seven levels, isn't there? She said, well, wherever you're going, you're going too high. Uh, she said, I don't understand it, but you're going too high. Control it. So I got told off in front wow. of the class. Not, not good. <laughs> you were going up into so, like eight, nine and ten? Uh, yeah, well, well beyond that. I mean, I've since yeah. know that there are there are three more levels associated with the construction of the human body, right. in, in not just the gross physical aspect and the energetic. And so I thought, okay, well, I'll do my best to control it while I'm here, but then I'll when I'm at home, Let's work out what's going on. So I started to create a system of understanding which had developed over a long period of time where I could work out where I was and go back there in a robust way. And so over a period of time, I started to go to these different places. Before I went to work, I'd meditate and I'd share my meditation information with my wife. And I noticed that I was given a gift of total recall Everything that I'd observed in, in when I was doing meditation before I went to work, I could type up at lunchtime. And look, the whole lot came through. And I used to call these my meditational meanderings because they're a bit all over the place at first, but I could start to sort of put things together mm-hmm. and make it flow, you know, similar subject matters together. And then eventually, um, I realized that the, 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 the information I got wasn't available anywhere else. In the metaphysical world, um, you know, Neil Walsh was started was, was becoming prominent. Eckhart Tolle was prominent, and there's other people who was, you know, Ram Dass was was, was looking, looking prominent. And the information was, was was good stuff, but I was I was on a different level, not in terms of not different level, but different area, different location. That makes sure. sense. So I thought, well, let's have a go at compiling it. So from when I started to realize this, which is about 2003, 2004, because so I've been writing since 2000, since 2000 um, I c- collected this book and submitted it to a number of different publishers who weren't interested. One was, but it ended up being self-published. And as I just got the contract for self-publishing it, I got a contract through from Dolores Cannon's uh, publishing house called Ozark Mountain Publishing, and they offered to publish it um, as a proper author. And what I didn't realize was that um, Dolores was very interested in the information I got. And she sort of took me under her wing, basically, and um, promoted what I was doing. And we had a number of conferences I attended, uh, attended in, in Arkansas. Um, and when she came across to the UK to do a, um, a, a sort of lecture tour, I followed her around and it was and did a little bit of my stuff. And basically, it's, continued from there really they've supported me all, all the way it's been brilliant so eight Amazing. books later working at a ninth <laughs> workshops as well so how and, old were you when you when you received the download the, the, i was um 39 okay yeah, i was 39 
So, that's, I mean, so, so just after just after I'd read started becoming more interested in, in, in metaphysical things. And then, how long did it take for you to start to see these these changes in yourself and, and understand what was the time perspective there? Well, I started to notice things um, a little bit more when um, we were on a march because <laughs> we joined a march in London to stop the the fighting that was going on in there in the Middle East. It was a big, our government had got involved with it and your government was involved with it and all sorts of things were going on. Mm-hmm. And we got, we, we sort of, we didn't want to go, we didn't, we didn't want it to, to, to happen. So we, we went, we went on a, um, a march to hopefully stop it or, or reduce it. Didn't work, of course. Mm-hmm. And when that was happening, I noticed I could pick up what, why people were there and, and, what, and what was going on with them and um, what their motives were. And also, and later on, we went to uh, Vatican. We were walking around the Vatican, and I was picking up what people's life plans were and everything else. So wow. I thought, so I knew there was something else going on. And so based upon that, I, again, I started to realize that I was becoming more and more connected. And the meditations I used to have to have to get to these levels became easier and easier and easier to the point where I was connected all the time or could just turn it on and turn it off like a switch. And and so that would have been, I was, that was, that was around 2004, 2005. I was starting to understand there was something else going on. And around that time, I finished the healing course as well. So I was starting to focus more on the book then rather than um, rather than the, the having to work on the, on the homework for the healing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. One of the... Um... What a journey. When I look, when I look back, it's, 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 it's amazing how it all works. But then again, it, it follow, following the flow and going with the flow is what we're supposed to be doing. That, that's a perfect segue. That's a, you, you read my mind. Um, you know, so one of the things that I found to just be completely liberating, you know, um, from the, from the book is, and I can't, I, I did, I'm on my notes. I didn't write down if it was you speaking or the, or the origin. So forgive me if I'm quoting one or the other, but um, the, the fact that event space recreates itself as a function of detecting the possibility of possible possibilities. And it's programmed to work out in terms of supporting the most optimal evolutionary next step. Um, That (laughs) that is, is huge, right? I mean, I, I, I'm trying to, to get to that point where I can get rid of all fear, um, you know, of, of what the fears that I have, right. In order to, to take advantage of this reality. Um, and I think that, you know, in, in terms of that regard, um, you know, everything's destined to happen. Do you, I mean, is it, is, am I reading it correctly that the destiny is per cosmic flow, as you just said, and that even the bad things that happen to us are designed to help us lead to the light in some way? Well, <clears throat> we think of things as good or bad. We, we're in a dualistic environment called the physical universe. And, yeah. and so we have male and female, positive, negative, up and down, left and right, forwards and backwards, good and bad. There is no good and bad in real terms. It's just experience. Well, good <clears> and bad feelings, I guess I should clarify. The feeling of, you know, like yeah. loss, yeah. for example, with, with, you know, a loved one. Yeah. 
and we do feel it. We, we, you know, I mean, I felt it when I lost Anne to, yeah. to, to the, the disease that she had. And, and we're supposed to feel it because that's what we're here for. Right. Um, but when you start to realize that everything that's happening or will happen has already happened it's all concurrent but it's just that we are in such a low frequency that we're experiencing it in a linear way do you think and then and, and that's basically there's a whole bunch of me experiencing multiple versions of the same thing because i've made made choices and we, we all make we all do these choices that there's different event spaces with different different me's who've gone down different paths, <laughs> all experiencing it together, you start to realize that, okay, maybe I'm experiencing something I classify in my human terms as being bad now, but maybe there's another part of me which is also experiencing the really good side. So should I worry about experiencing the good side? No, I'll deal with what I'm doing now because that's my role here now. Should I worry about those parts of me that are experiencing the really bad side? No, because they're dealing with that, and I'm dealing with the good side still. So it's 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 it's, mm. it's, it's, it's part of understanding that we we experiencing that which we've chosen to focus on, not because it's the not because it's it's the right or wrong thing to do, but because it's something that we've particularly focused this, this part of our sentience on as being a good. An interesting thing to experience. That makes any sense. <laughs> it, it does, and I, I think it kind of speaks to another CBD question for you. I, I have. Um, 